that WAP song that came out. And then I'm like, wait a minute now, hold on. What are they talking about? And my girls are like, WAP. And I'm like, well, what about for people that got dry ass pussy? And they were just like, mom, you know? <laughs> like, like being silly, but it's a chance to talk about sex in a different way because like there's some other presentations of pussy out there and they deserve some respect too. <laughs> some respect on that dry ass pussy. <laughs> Microphone check. Does my mic sound nice? Uh. Yes, it does. Welcome to this week's episode of It's About Damn Time, where we change the narrative by changing the perspective. I'm Jared Dam, and it's about damn time to have another conversation that changes the way you think and perceive things. The only question is, are you ready? Welcome to this week's episode of It's About Damn Time. I am Jared Dam, and y'all, I am here. These are very special guests for me. I'm here with like the epitome of couple goals. I'm here with like the personification of a power couple. I am here with the royalty of of the the adult film world. Y'all intro was going to be longer, but I started looking at all y'all accolades and and it was going to be like five minutes before y'all started talking. So I had to cut it short right there. (laughs) But but welcome, Jet Setting, Jasmine, and King Noir. I am so humbled. I'm bowing to y'all right now as I talk to y'all. Thank y'all for being a part. It's about damn time. How y'all doing? Yes. It's about damn time. Word. It's about damn time. Yeah. Um, uh, Full disclosure, I... Um, on a different podcast, that's where I, I met, you know, Jasmine mm-hmm. and we, you know, we talked and I, I, I told her, you know, when I, I slid into her DMs, all respect King, but I slid into her DMs and I was like, you know, Hey, um, uh, I wanted you on for a while and I couldn't think of what to have her on for. I mean, y'all talk about so much cause I'm listening to y'all podcast. I'm a big fan of y'all podcast. Y'all talk about so much. So I didn't, I didn't know what to exactly have you on. Um, it didn't hit me that I have a, a 14-year-old daughter and I, I might need some help with y'all. So uh, it's about damn time we actually talk about, you know, sex-positive parenting because I'm going to need y'all help. I heard the episode and I'm like, yo, if it's, if it's anybody I can call with this, it's y'all. So awesome. I am excited that y'all accept it. Awesome. Thank you. What, what is, um, so you say you have a 14-year-old daughter. After you listened mm-hmm. to the episode, did you feel like, like, um, I'm on the right path or I'm missing opportunities or damn, I messed up. Like what? I'm just trying to get a frame of reference. You know what? That, see, that's a good question. See, see, you could tell you a podcast because you already got the questions already ready. So I love it. Um, I actually felt like I was missing opportunities. Okay. Uh, I feel like for, for, for me, you know, um, me and her have a, a pretty good relationship. Actually, with, between me and Brooklyn, Brooklyn's 14, Noah's 11. So between the two of them, um, I have a great relationship with them. Um, however, Brooklyn's a little bit more mature, so we have talks all the time. Noah's more like, Daddy, let's play at 11. So, um, but even even still as teenagers, and, and I don't really know how to approach the whole the whole sex part. Like, you know, we, we can talk about anything we talked about. Uh, when she's on a cycle, we'll talk about 
boys. We'll talk about how some kids do drugs. We'll talk about a lot of these different things. But you know, hey, daughter, are you masturbating? I don't. I don't know how to. <laughs> I don't know how to talk about that per se. So that's why I had to have y'all on. Um, confusing. Some confusing because uh, I think the main thing I don't want to do is is be like you know my my mom. Well. We'll get more than that in a second. <laughs> but before, well, beforehand, um, since we have this conversation about sex positive parenting, some of my listeners may not know what sex positive parenting is. So from y'all you know, perspective, can y'all tell me a little bit something like, what do you feel like sex positive parenting is? Mm. So for for us, it really is about centering pleasure and safety um, and autonomy for our children across the continuum, as long as we're going to be their parents. So that's forever, right? Um, it is from our <clears throat> uh, uh, centering those things, so safety, body autonomy, and pleasure around sex, sexuality, sexual health and wellness from birth um, and and throughout their their lifetime, actually holding that space for them uh, as long as they need us and will allow us to. For me, it, it also um, entails removing and removing shame. Mm. You know, um, there's so much shame that we have from, whether it be from our parents mm-hmm. or our community or whatever groups we're in, as we are growing up and, and in just society at large, I don't want my kids to have to carry other people's shame with them. If you're going to get some shame, get it on your own. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, it's all about, um, just as just as Jasmine said, being being autonomous and, and you having your own experiences because a lot of times we, we tend to put whatever we went through onto our kids with everything. And and sex mm-hmm. is just one of those things. Oh, that's a good point. I mean, I, I think I, I love both of y'all answers. Um, King, I, I definitely can can gravitate towards the shame part. Um, it's just my mom was my mom just, you know, growing up with me, she was pretty open about stuff. And I know, you know, hey, y'all talked about it on um um Royal Fetish Radio. That's available on all podcasting platforms, so y'all should check it out. Um, but I know y'all you you mentioned that uh I mean, your your mom taught sex sex ed classes and everything like that. So yeah. there's there's a bit of a uh, progression there, but um, there was it was always like I feel like I was a, it was a stigma. Like, yeah, you can open about it, but I can't be too open. Like I hell, I remember just walking in on my mom when she was watching you know gay porn in the living room with one of her friends because they were drinking and everything, and I was just like, hey mom, I got a question about oh, and they was like, hey 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 hey. <laughs> It's a, it looked like it was a party. It looked like it was a good time. I mean, they, they looked like they were enjoying themselves. I don't know. So, I have a question about that, though. I can't. Yeah. You can't leave me hanging on that story. <laughs> did Did y'all talk about it after, or it was just like, hey, hey go back to your room, and then like regular day. So that's, that's a good point. See, there was no conversation about it. Like it's, okay. it's something that a memory that I remember, mm-hmm. and of course, you know, you know, now I'm, I'm 42, so I'm open with it. We talk about all. This, so all the stuff, hell, like, I got our rose, you know, for us, you know, so she can yeah. use. So, um, so we, we're, we're real open about the, our conversation, but it, it never was like, 
I th- even when we talked about it, maybe we might have been like, um, oh, yeah, we, yeah, we was curious and we, we was watching it. And so you just popped in on us and kind of scared us. But it wasn't like at that time, it wasn't like, hey, what you saw was this. And, mm-hmm. you know, adults. Mm-hmm. Nah, it was none of that. It was none of that. And um, I think that's one of those learned those learn things that you have, even with when it's nothing is being said that you experience, that you experience, and you take in, and so you feel like you can't talk about it, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. or you can't express everything, yeah. Well, I think one of the things that comes with shame is fear. Like they're mm-hmm. like hand in hand. So sometimes we get shame out of our fears, or sometimes we get fears out of our shame. Mm-hmm. And in situations like that, or, or think about just about anything as a parent it's natural to be like all the consequences for the things that your children can do whether it's sex or shit going outside you know what i'm saying like there's always as parents we're like running down all the possible things that can happen both good and bad but usually it's the bad that sticks with us the most because we want our kids to come home safe in one piece not be traumatized so on and such forth and just we want their lives to be perfect, mm-hmm. even though we know life ain't perfect. Right. But we operate a lot of times out of this fear that, you know, what what do most of us learn from, from our parents is don't get pregnant, don't get a disease. Mm-hmm. And there are so many other consequences and experiences and things that can happen from sex, not good or bad, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that because we're just like, I can't have my kid being pregnant before they're set up for their life or they're married or this, that, and the other, or I can't deal with them getting sick. We don't want them to get sick in any way. You know right. what I'm saying? So especially one that we feel that we can prevent in in that kind of way, there's, there's certain diseases and sicknesses that are inherent to the body that you can't really prevent, but this is one that you could be like, yo, I can stop them from, from getting that. So how can I stop them? If I put this fear inside of them, you know, but that doesn't always work because what are kids? Curious as fuck. Curious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're so curious. <laughs> you know, and and just the way the law of averages work, there's going to be something else that you tell them to be afraid of that they're going to grow up and be like, why were they even telling me to be afraid of that? So maybe I shouldn't be afraid of this either. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like if you're parenting from a place of fear, which is pretty common, it's hard not to be because mm-hmm. you want the best for your kids. But if you're able to parent any subject from a from a place of like knowledge and and understanding, it definitely works out better, and that's what we're trying to achieve when we when we're doing our workshops and talking to people about sex positive parenting. No, I, that's real, and I and I, I kind of related to what you something what you said in that episode uh, where you talked about um, wanted wanted to always protect your kids, but you know it got to a point where you, you know that they got to learn a lesson on their own, but you gravitate towards that always want to protect them. And my mom yesterday reminded me of the fact that I'm always trying to protect Brooklyn. Every time somebody says something, I'm just like, well, I mean, mom, from, from Brooklyn's point of view, Jared, shut up. Like, it's like, no, like, you don't let her, you don't let her get these licks in. And I'm just like, you know, but you're right. I, I, I related to it because it's like, I do want to, to ensure that she didn't have that pain, but it, it's like you said, what if I'm not there? Like, what if something happens to me, or what if I can't get to them mm-hmm. fast enough? Mm-hmm. So they gotta learn how to how to deal with it. So, 
it makes a lot of it makes a lot of sense with that. But that that fear, boy, that fear, woo, it pushes you. It, it definitely pushes you. Um, let's talk a little bit about about the the negative parts of it before we before we get more about how to speak positively into it. And you know, I, I just doing a little research on on the interwebs. I got my phone out. I had I got the website have to be pulled up right now. And it started talking about uh, different things on what it looks like as far as sex negativity. Um, it went as fo- so far as to talk about scolding kids for sexual pleasure, um, victim blaming after accidents, um, speaking negatively about sexual acts or preferences um, that aren't personally appealing to that particular individual, mm-hmm. which is a, a, a big thing. Of uh, uh, sh- uh, shaming, we already just talked about that as far as shaming like those experiences. And then framing sexual preferences as um, like normal versus abnormal, um, but in this, in this day and age, it is um, there is no normal. And I, but I think I think our mindsets, especially from our generation prior to us, that hammered in, into us, we have to almost adjust to normal versus abnormal, and then and then just look towards open. So, um, kind of just speak to me a little bit about some of the, the sexual negativity things that y'all. You know, may have, may have faced even just growing up or what you see now so, I, I mean i think you really listed those are some really really good bad ones right that have a real um lasting impact i think there's something that um that came up as you were listing them and i was like oh i want i, I wish i could add that to the to the list so i'll add it here and I don't think people think about this as negative i think it's sort of one of those things where parents think they're getting um ahead of the curve where we over sexualize our children or we we think that they're having sexual ideas thoughts or desires before they are even um we definitely see that with children of color um more so than any Uh, you know it's like when we see our children developing in you know as their bodies naturally do we all automatically make this assumption that they are now somehow um, wanting to be sexual or that they're thinking about it. Um, and I think that does come from a place of fear that other people are going to sexualize our children. And so we have to like prepare them for this. Um, and I think that we do a disservice to our children when we're not parenting to the individual child, but we are parenting to, um, oh, like, you know, you go into high school, there's going to be, um, you know, like all these people coming at you and you're going to have to, da, 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 da. and it's like, wait, I don't even know where, where my child is in the scope of, you know, feeling about how they want to relate to other people. So I think, you know, like you were talking about um, making projections of our preferences. I think we could also project stereotypes and um, I really want to do, do more to, um, how do I say, I want to do more to make people more aware about how culturally we have, you know, put labels on our children about them being fast or that, um, you know, I just remember those conversations being young, like, um, you know, look what you, look what you got on, you know, you so fast, like, why you, you know, all, all of these is like, I don't know, like these breasts are just here. I, they're, they're not, you know, I'm not thinking with them, right? You you are, right? Um, I didn't even think about it that way or like, I, so so I, I think that is sort of like 
where parents may be trying to get ahead of the curve, like, oh, people are going to start seeing my child in this way. So they must be thinking this way. So I need to, um, when we can actually like invite them to a conversation about like, you know, kind of tell me where you are in terms of like, you know, do you like anyone at school or changes are happening to your body? How do you feel about that? You know, and instead of making this assumption that because of what you see or what you've been taught, um, that that is what your child is thinking. It's like you could be providing them education that they're not ready for. Um, or you could be, you know, just providing them education that they they um mostly that they're not ready for or that they don't need at this point in time. I think right. the, the opposite with little boys. Mm-hmm. Where it'd be like, oh, he's going to be a little lady man, little ladies man or yeah. something like that. And I noticed that people do this in certain situations and they don't even really pay attention to like the law of averages. Like women are more likely to hold babies. Mm-hmm. Men don't just go up to other people. We don't even be asking to hold our friends' babies. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But women, Not at all. yeah. So yeah. children are also going to respond to the person who's in their face, going oh, do, 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 all the hey, mm-hmm. hey, hey, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Men, when we see one of our people's babies or, or little kids or whatever, what up, man? Yeah. What up, little man? Yeah. So your kid isn't going to respond by smiling and trying yeah. to jump in your arms the same way that he might do. For women, but they'll be like, oh, look at how he respond with the ladies. Yeah, because she's smiling. She's nice to him. Relax. But people's mentality, that might not be, it's it's like the opposite. It's not a fear, but it's maybe the desire of that father that he wants, or some mothers, that they want their son to be a ladies' man. Or they think that that is what a young man should aspire to be. And then they're putting that label and that desire on that child when he's just responding to people who are nice to him. Yeah, he's going to be a heartbreaker. Yeah, like, yeah. Why are you speaking that over this child? Why do you want him to hurt people? Right. <laughs> <laughs> he could be a nice guy, you yeah. know what I'm saying? But I think that there there are, a lot of times we, we do think of the negative things, or I might be phrasing that wrong. It's They're all negative if you're placing it on a child who, who mm-hmm. isn't that. Mm-hmm. But it's like, we don't look at those type of things because we look at it as a positive label. But yeah. but it's negative when that's not the child and also when that's not the situation. Yeah, that's like not going to be the situation for <laughs> and shouldn't be for a very long time. And I think that is also sort of like putting that um, our sexual expectations and or gender expectations um, onto onto children that that still just need to learn how to like walk, talk, and wipe their ass. Yeah, and they're and they're also mm-hmm. like not in a uh, they're not in a place or a situation to even comprehend what's going on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, so it's like you're gonna start reinforcing these negative stereotypes and and putting them into their brain, and then they're gonna try and live up to what it is their parents are telling them that they should be. Something exactly. um, also that you said, Jared, about about normal. Um, I like to think like, yeah, there there really is no normal. It's just how people show up. I mean, there's like a culturally, like more people tend to do X, Y, or Z, what have you. That doesn't necessarily make it normal. It just makes it more common, right? right. Um, and when, you know, instead of doing some of the labeling that you're talking about, you know, even when we say stuff like, um, I don't know, oh, you get into middle school, you gotta, do you have a boyfriend, right? Like we're making an mm-hmm. assumption that this is the normal thing that you should want at this age. And I think that is, again, still framed in a positive way. Like I'm open, I'm having conversations with my child about, 
relationships or sex. I'm, I'm, but you're open to only what you are open to, which is exactly. that, you know, that range and pushing of, that agenda. Yeah, pushing yeah, that, pushing exactly. your agenda on that kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we can just, you know, we could take out some of those, you know, some of those things like you like anybody. You like anybody school? exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. oh, I see that you are hanging out with so-and-so um what kind of feelings come up when you're hanging out with that person instead of like you know are you feeling excited you know what what, i don't even know what parents say around that but like sort of again projecting um and then we are teaching our kids like oh this is and our kids do this all the time they know what they what we want to hear when we phrase things in a particular way and so it's like okay they want to hear this i'll respond this way because so much of what we do is projects onto our kids, do this, be good so that you make us happy. The people right. who ask that question are usually like, you better not have no boyfriend. You got a boyfriend? <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right, right. right. Nope. Mm-hmm. So now, you, yeah, you so now the answer is no. Nope, nope, not at all. Nope. Because I, I don't want to hear your mouth. Yeah. You never yeah. find out because they're not comfortable telling you because you've already told them that they better it not. better not, yeah. Okay. Right, right. See, see, this is why I fuck with y'all. I, I, I don't know if y'all knew and I fuck with y'all, but I fuck with y'all hard because of, because of this shit right here. Because I I love I love that that what you added to that. So, Jasmine, from from your perspective, when you when you're talking about you know the development of 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 a, of a young woman, and she gonna kill me for saying this, but my, my daughter she got like D's or G's. I, we have to we have to get a, like a new bra like every six months. You know what I mean? And so and so I can relate to that because. I'm like, yo, I know what's out there and I know what, what got you know little boys gravitate towards, mm-hmm. but but when I talk to her, she's not in, in that mindset. And I and and I try not to push my agenda on her, but I was born in 1980. So I'm sometimes I kinda do, you know, like, yo, so you you do realize that, you know, what happened. Like if, if she's talking about, you know, her siblings and how they get on her nerves. You know, you know what happened when you had sex, right? You know, like, like I, I got just throwing it out there as far as that, like, that, that could be you. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, King, from your your vantage point, like Noah, he he's eleven. He's always been a you know a fucking charmer, and so you know, he's, you know, he'll he he know what to say to get what he needs. Like I, I I call it emotional equity on what he does for <laughs> as far as my <laughs> as far as what he does to my mom or, or you know his you know his stepmom or whatever. It, it was just like. He was randomly coming to the room. Hey, I love you. I just want to tell you that I love you. You gonna ask me for some chips later on? I already know you gonna ask me for some chips. So the, the the thing the thing for me is like we do push that agenda on on our boys because I remember with my father rest his soul. Um, you know, it was it was more so of of talking about he would talk about how you know his prowess and, and, and almost like the hunt that he would have for for women. And then me being a, a a shy, awkward, you know, introvert, you're like, well, well, you got the gift of gab, son. Why you ain't doing this? I'm just like, I feel awkward, and and so I felt the, I almost felt pressure. It almost felt, it almost felt traumatic yeah. because I wasn't living up to the the you know what my father you know deemed as is what's supposed to be acceptable behavior. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I fucked with y'all like like for real. Like, well, I mean that's a that's a good example, I think actually yeah. because. Your son's charm is to get potato chips. It's not to get some other shit. And a lot of times, you know, when a child has that, 
that's good communication in a way. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, mm-hmm. most most of life is trying to get what you want out of life or a situation. You right. know, it doesn't always have to be uh, in a negative sense, like he's not tricking you for potato chips, but he know what's the saying? You catch more 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 flies with honey than with vinegar or whatever. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So he's not going to come in there like, fuck all this shit, dad. Can I get some chips? Like, you know <laughs> You know, and and I mean, the same would go if if a little girl was talking like that. But I do think culturally how how young ladies speak when they're charming is different than how boys speak when they're charming. It could it could vary from child to child, but it's like what we what we deem as um, socially acceptable is different. Mm -hmm. So like. If a young girl had that same type of charm, people get really thrown off. Yeah, she's a yeah, she has a certain a certain confidence that people are not um usually don't associate mm-hmm. with with young women, right? So I think that it's it's really interesting and, and I do ask all parents out there to pay attention to the words that you use when when your child has a gift of gab or some sort of level of like being able to speak up for their wants and needs and being polite about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Cause we want them to be polite. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like our son, I, I, I was raised, you know, please and thank you and all that stuff Absolutely. has to be part of your verbiage. Right. Absolutely. And Absolutely. he definitely uses it way more when it's something he really, <laughs> really wants. He will start with please. He won't even say what he wants first. Please, Daddy, can I get some strawberries? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But if it's if it's a whole other kind of situation, there ain't no please. I'm serving him some food he don't want. It's hmm. Like, what, what do you say? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like we're also we're also raising them with these things. Like this is this is acceptable. This is polite. This is how. This also, now we give a response. Oh, look at you with your manners, little man. Go ahead. You know what I'm right. saying? So now right. they know, like, oh, that's that's how I get yeah. them strawberries or, or or I get those potato chips. Please and thank you. May I have some potato chip strawberries, please? You know what I'm saying? It'll it'll happen that way. Do, let me ask you this. Do, do y'all do y'all feel like like some of these these things that we, we've highlighted as far as you know sex de- negativity things that we face or that we've seen, do y'all feel like those things are, are almost like generational curses? Hmm. Uh, let me, I'll put it this way. I think that our, our fears and the ways that we have chose to communicate, like they come from somewhere, you know? Yeah. And I think, you know, King, you made a good point um, about wanting to protect our children and, and you talking about your daughter from the perspective. I think like, you know, we have to be realistic that there are sexual um, and predatory dangers towards our children. Um, I think that we have to be very, like, realistic with ourselves that there are consequences associated with having sex. It's not, yes, um, uh, unwanted or an early pregnancy might be one of them, an STI or an STD may be one of them, but also emotional pain, right, might be one of them. Um, it, you know, there, there's a lot of things being exposed to being exposed to things that we're not ready for. Um, yes, those are consequences. And 
I, I think there isn't anything wrong. I think some people think that when we say we're sex positive parents, that we're just like, let our kids run amok, you know? Uh, and it's just nope. like, no, or absolutely <laughs> not. Right. Or that like the world is also a sex positive place. It's not, we right. don't live in a sex positive culture. People do, um, children are molested. People are raped. You know, um, people are shot at for their orientation. Exactly. A hundred percent. You know, um, we are in a culture where, where if girls express themselves in a too, you know, they're too confident or too, um, too knowledgeable about their bodies or uh, express too much autonomy of their bodies that they are at risk of being attacked or bullied and labeled in a particular way. If boys don't know enough about how to interact and communicate with people of opposite, um, opposite sex that they could be bullied. Like, so I think, you know, the sex negative things that have come up, I don't really want anyone that's listening to this as a parent to just be like, fuck it, I failed. Or like, you know, um, that's how I was raised. That's all I know. And I don't think anything is wrong with it. I think it's understanding where that fear comes from. And like, how can we protect our children without without having such a negative impact for, for them for the rest of their lives? And I think that's right. like, as we become adults and we realize like, dang, we got a lot of hangups because of things we didn't learn as children or the way that it was framed. It's like, I don't fault my mother for wanting to protect me. You know, um, how she did it, we, we could have done it in a way that it didn't make it my fault. Right. right. And so like when you were talking, yeah. I'll give you an example. We were in new Orleans, um, for the first time as a family, about it was four years ago, and um, our daughters wanted to go out on the what do you call it the strip, the main street, what's whatever. Um, what's the main what's street? Street? Bourbon street? Yeah, on Bourbon, Bourbon street. street. Yeah, yeah. and it I mean, was, I'm from Louisiana, so you oh, know, oh, okay, okay. So you know. you're gonna have a perfect reference <laughs> of that. So they wanted to go, um, wanted to go out on Bourbon Street. They were at the time like 18 and 14, 18 and 18, 14, or 18, 15. And, um, they were going to go with their godmother. And so, and none of them had ever been to Louisiana before that or to New Orleans specifically. And, you know, inside I wanted to be like, no, like, no, we go in the daytime or can you go with them? But they don't want him to go with them. They wanted to, they this was doing the daytime. They start. It was like early. Yeah, it was like going late into afternoon. The, yeah. And you know how people start to okay. turn up as they get started. Right. They be turned up. As they they, morning, they right. do, but you know, you know when you can't take off your daytime clothes and put on your nighttime clothes, yeah. right? And so the girls had like they looked so they looked really cute. They had like it was appropriate for the weather and the location, like crop tops and um and shorts. And like yes, inside of me, I wanted to be like put a sweater on and put, you know, you know, like knowing that that doesn't really solve anything, but those are old mm-hmm. negative tropes, right? Like if you, if you mm-hmm. dress appropriately or if you look unattractive in some way, or if you don't look like. Or dial down your, your, your attractiveness. Yeah. Exactly. Or like, no, that crop top is quite fine. But then when you talk about like how you were saying about Brooklyn, where it's appropriate for you to be wearing that shirt. It's like a kid's shirt, but the way that you fill it out, like, oh, you know, and and so like, I was thinking that with the kids, like, damn, they're going on Bourbon Street, they got these shorts on and, you know, they're going to get cat called and stuff like that. So instead of us going, and instead of us going like, you got to go with them or they can't go at all, or you need to change your clothes or we'll all go as a family. We were like, 
let's prep you for going out on Bourbon Street. If somebody cat calls you, what you gonna do? And they had like the most hilarious comebacks, really good comebacks. And they were, they felt prepared. All right, you got your phones, phones charged. Where, you know, where are y'all going to go? What y'all trying to do so that we could at least have a reference of where they were going to be. So it's like, we know that the world is not sex positive. And we know that there might be people, predators that are looking at you from a particular way. Or we know that people might think that you are older than you are just based on your, you know, your physical presentation. But it's not your fault. None of those things are your fault. It's the rapist's fault. It's exactly. It's the sexual right. harassment person's right. fault. And it's funny because while you were saying that, mm-hmm. I was just thinking in every situation that I can think of, of public discourse around a rapist mm-hmm. or a sexual abuser, there's more conversation about what the woman was wearing, yeah. what she said, mm-hmm. so on and such forth, run down the list. Mm-hmm. There's more words and 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 foul language to refer to that victim mm-hmm. than there is for the abuser or the the rapist. Right. Yeah. But if you look anywhere on the planet, and this is extremely unfortunate, it's horrible. Whether it's a country where women have to wear head to toe burkas, mm-hmm. or it's an island nation where people walk around in swimsuits. Women are raped. Yep. Yes. The rapists yes. are the problem. Mm-hmm. The sexual harassers and abusers are the problem. But we always turn to, well, what was she wearing? She yeah. was asking exactly. for it. Why she did this? Why she did that? Like, why you let your child out? There's nothing that she did mm-hmm. that is her fault mm-hmm. in that situation because that person should have kept their hands, mouth, and body to themselves. Mm-hmm. Period. Mm-hmm. So instead of them growing up with this, like, if something happens to me, it's my fault or that I can somehow control these external factors by dumbing myself down, dialing myself back, suppressing, oppressing my, my expression of self. It's more of like, we want you to be aware of the things that Mm -hmm. we're afraid of and we want to help protect you by giving you the tools to the best of our ability. You know, um, and so, you know, our girls, like they, um, you know, they, they dress how they want to dress, you know, but they also carry, you know, what they need to carry or we all have their locations and, you know, we do certain things that are, that allow us to be, to operate in this world without it being the fault or, um, you know, or like having this fear or shame about their own expression. Yeah. Like I I I love what y'all what y'all saying and, and especially Jasmine your point about the whole the whole Bourbon Street story because my my next question was going to be how you know does your values and beliefs affect the way you give you know parenting you know advice to your kids and everything and I think it was just a perfect example of just like hey here are my fears that's been instilled upon me and and King to your point yeah. Whether you're in Jamaica or whether you're in Saudi Arabia, rape is rape, and it's gonna happen. What no matter what they're wearing, mm-hmm. but it, but we've been instilled, and and I don't, I don't know where y'all from, but I'm from Louisiana, the, the southern, the, the 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 Bible Belt. Oh, it, it definitely is like <laughs> you know prevalent in 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 there. So 
I love the, the, the example that you gave that you you had your you know your values and beliefs that was instilled upon you growing up, but you kind of thought about it, stepped outside of yourself to sit there and say, okay, let's come up with some more creative ways to 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 make sure that your uh, your kids are equipped to handle things. And, and to your point, like what we talked about earlier, King, like you got to let your kids be your kids, let, let them let them make their own mistakes, but. Our job as parents is to protect it, like equip them with the with the skills and the knowledge, right? Sure. That will allow them to, you know, flourish even even in difficult situations. So, I think that leads back to your initial question about like, uh, is it like a generational curse? Yeah. And I always think about that Bible verse where it's um the sins of the father are passed down tenfold. Right. And for me, I look at that like, all right, so. What my pops or what my moms or grandparents or whoever, as a parent, I need to look back at where they might have taken a misstep mm-hmm. or what they have done right. And yeah. how can I apply that to the here and now? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, like you have mentioned, you know, my mother was my mother's a health educator and a health health activist. So her comfort of talking about all kinds of topics regarding sex in the human body, super easy. Mm-hmm. My father was the exact opposite, but I also didn't grow up with him. So the limited times that I was with him, I feel that he was like, I only got a weekend mm-hmm. to instill all this hatred and fear in this child that I possibly can. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's like, yeah. Um, with 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 those kind of things and and it it comes down to i've been reading a lot lately of like you know like a lot of things in the public discourse um regarding sexuality and relationships and so on and such forth and so many people are kind of like now now all of a sudden there's a i don't know for lack of a better term is how people phrase it there's like a lgbtq agenda mhm yeah yeah there's not. It's just that no. people are allowed to be outside mm-hmm. without being right. without fear of being attacked in the same way. I mean, un- unfortunately, people are still attacked. But yeah. it's kind of it's kind of like saying with black folk, there's not really a overall black agenda for us to be able to go sit and eat at a restaurant in the same restaurant that everybody can at this point. But we still want to do it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like we we exactly. should be able to. We should be able to own property. You know, it's like all this all this kind of stuff. And I think like when when people think too much about how it was back in the day, they don't think about how back in the day was fucked up. Right. Yeah. Like some things, some things that are new aren't good, mm-hmm. but freedom and equality for people is not bad. No, never and the right to express yourself. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's one of those things that, as it progresses, it's not bad. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, things like pollution or something like that. Like that. That's an agenda you might want to take up to to try and stop. But I, but I do think if we're looking at like that generational kind of thing, we have to we have to remove ourselves as much as possible for how things were, and raise mm-hmm. our kids based on what's going on now. <laughs> It makes me think like when people say like, well, that's how I was raised and I turned out just fine. Like, no, you didn't. 
No, you didn't. Yeah. No, you didn't. I see the trauma on your face. Like, what are you talking about? You didn't. <laughs> right. You're not just right. fine. And like, I mean, that's something that I had to to reconcile for myself. It's like, no, you you do have a lot of hangups. It's hard for you to ask for what you want. Um, there's a lot of things that you haven't tried because you're worried about how people might think of you. There's a lot of experiences that you have experienced because somebody else wanted that of you, not because you like, so no, you didn't turn out just fine. Right. right. So you can't use the same upbringing and expect, you know, the, the same or a better outcome for your children. You really do have to think about like, I think, you know, before you can start to sex positively parent a child that you really have to think about what your parenting, what your sex parenting was like. And like, like you said, um, where, where could our parents have shown up differently or what would you have liked to experience, um, growing, growing up that would have made things, you know, a little bit easier for you as an adult. And we don't necessarily have to like project that onto our children. We're individuals, right? So like what we think is cool, our kids may not. But even being able to say to our kids, like for me, I've had to to my kids, like my mom didn't talk to me about none of this stuff. So I don't even know if I'm going about it right. (laughs) But like, you know, we got to talk about this, you know, and like it's or even saying like it's really uncomfortable to have this conversation because I've never had it before. But I, I know that it would help me to talk about it. So I'm like making myself available to you. And, you know, they're just like, oh, look at mom. Like she's cringy. Okay. <laughs> you know, let me right. help her. Let me help her out here. But so, you know, when you were talking about your specifically your daughter and like not knowing how it's okay that you don't know how to have that conversation. It's just about you being willing to. So just right. like, like. Brooklyn, I see that, you know, like we are buying bras every couple of months. And like, I don't, I never thought about how this goes. It's, this is, I don't know. But like, should, is there something that we should be talking about? Is there a way that I can support the changes that you're experiencing? Is there anything that might be happening with your family, uh, with your friends that like makes you feel uncomfortable or that you just want to share with me? Like, I don't even know how to respond, but I'm open to I'm open to you. It's okay. Like, then we're modeling with our children. There might be really, really difficult things that you need to say or that might feel awkward or uncomfortable around sex, but you could just, like, power through it. So our kids are going, like, oh, like, I don't know how to tell this girl, this boy, this person that I like them, but I got to say something. Okay, I'm going to just put it out there. And, like, they they will do exactly what we show them because we did this like they were literally talking about how we repeated some of the things that we learned with our parents um in our lives and so to think that our kids are not going to be the same is is kind of unrealistic and you don't have to be you don't have to be infallible to be a parent you just have to love yes you know and i I think um kind of like building off of what what jasmine said like you can't expect to be a sex positive parent if you're not a sex positive person, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you better say that again. <laughs> you can't. You can't expect to be a sex positive person. I mean, mm-hmm. parent. If you're not a sex positive person, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and by that I mean you don't have to go out there and do all the things. You don't have to do anything that you don't want to do, but to be sex positive is to be accepting. Is to be understanding. Is to be interested in gaining as much knowledge as possible, so that way you can you can make informed decisions 
and share those with your kids. You know, so it's like if if you're just like, you know, we we all do it. Like sometimes with your kid, you might be telling them to do something. They're like, why? Just do it. Right. But sometimes those whys need real answers. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and it's different between like, you know, we're willing to say, yo, wash behind your ears. Why? Because, you know, you know, stink back there, you get dirty, you get germs, you get blah, 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 and we'll run down the whole list. But we don't, sometimes for things that are a little bit more uh, tough conversations, just do it. But then sometimes I think with parents who do say that is because they haven't fully comprehended or made a fully informed <laughs> decision on something. Mm-hmm. So as, as, as positive as you can be, is just gain that knowledge. You might not have to experience all of it, but you definitely should learn about it because no matter what, your kids are always going to bring something to the table that you yourself did not experience, mm-hmm. see, or do. And this doesn't just involve sex. This involves everything. You know what I'm saying? Everything. I didn't grow up yeah. with an iPad. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like, I had to go out there and read up as much as I could. Like, is it bad for them if they're on the iPad? Is it is it okay if they're on this program? Is this program helpful for their learning? Is da 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 run down the whole? How, how much time day? should they say be on there? All yeah. yeah, you know, and and then I can say it's enough time on that. Let's do something else. Or if you do this, this, and this, then you can rock out, like have fun. You know what I'm saying? So I think when when we do get the knowledge, we're we're better off making a good decision. Can we be friends? All, all of us can we just, <laughs> yeah. I just, I just I just love y'all. Six positive nah, friends. Yeah, six positive friends. <laughs> six six positive super friends. Um, I love it. Um, all right, so I need y'all help. So break it down for me. Break it down for me. I am am going to create, I'm gonna give you the scenario. I'm gonna I'm gonna use superpowers for both both of y'all to help me out. Jeff, and I'll start with you first. Um Brooklyn's 14, as we talked about, Brooklyn is 14 years old. She she has, um, you know, chestal areas that, that's developed and overdeveloped at times. It's a little scary. Um, you know, started high school, you know, she's student of the year, but she, you know, she doesn't really do stuff, you know, as far as like, like sex. So she had, not that she's told me, we try to talk about stuff. How do you, how would I initiate a conversation being a sex positive parent? in talking about sex with Brooklyn. So one of the, the first thing is to take the pressure off that that first conversation has to has to include every single thing like you know trust that you are going to be in your daughter's um life forever and that you can keep having conversations with her um as she grows. So I think sometimes it's like, how, oh my gosh, like, I don't even want to have this conversation. Now I need to have her entire sex life um, from, you know, from the perspective of dad taking care of you all in this one setting. Like that's overwhelming. And it usually paralyzes parents from having any conversation, right? So I always like to use external tools to help us get into, um, into the space. And so like even saying like, okay, Brooklyn, you mentioned Brooklyn's 14. She's a student of the year. She's going into, um, into high school. And you previously mentioned that she is very mature. Okay. Mm -hmm. So like parent Brooklyn, don't parent 
any 14 year old right Right. he's already mature in a particular way she has a great understanding obviously she she comprehends information really well so you don't have to talk to like what you know like my baby girl you know you can really like brooklyn is a young lady now and you know being able to say just using i had a conversation with some other parent that have teenage you know have young adults teenage and, and little kids and they were sharing with me um, that it's important for us to have conversations, candid conversations about everything, including relationships. And I think starting with relationships is much more realistic with young adults than just starting with sex. Um, because when we're talking about like the consequences, Brooklyn probably knows if, if she has her menstrual cycle, she probably already knows about pregnancy. She probably mm-hmm. already knows about STIs, STDs, she, you know, like, but relationships are the consequences around sex that we rarely ever talk about, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I use us as an example. I have talking to my, my, um, my superpower friends and we were talking about, um, kids and relationships and how to have, how to have these conversations. Um, she might get a little like, Oh God. And be like, yeah, I feel the same way too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. let her know how you feel. Like, I, I feel the same way too. Um, I get, there are certain things that I feel nervous about and can I share those things with you? Ask our children, like ask her, can I share some things with you? Um, you know, some of the things that I'm nervous about is that you're developing and I'm, I'm nervous about the world we live in and how people are responding to you. Are you open to telling me how you feel about that? She might be like, yeah. what are you talking about? All the girls at my school look like this, right? That, you know, or, um, or I don't even notice it. Um, it's not a big deal to me. So again, we're finding out where Brooklyn is, not where your mind is, not where young boys that are 14 years old and 19, that were born in 1980, you know, like we're getting right, right, right. right now. The other thing that we do is like, what are some of the other kids doing? Uh, this is a fun question that we, um, I don't know if it was fun, but it was like, interesting. <laughs> we were all sitting around and I asked, like, what are, the, what are the other kids into? Like, you know, are they dating right now? I think my um, oldest daughter was maybe in, she was probably going into 10th grade. I was like, are they dating? What are they doing? Like, bring me into your world. That was the homie hopper conversation. Exactly. Oh, man. And our daughter was just like, yeah, they're dating. Some of them are like, some people have boyfriends. Some of them are homie hoppers. And I was like, what is a homie hopper? <laughs> I know. What is a homie hopper? The kids, I'll tell you. So it's, um, in this, the scenario she was telling is a girl who, who sleeps with multiple, um, with guys in diff, in, in the same friend group, not necessarily at the same time. Um, because that was my next question. I was like, at the same time? And she was like, no, that's a train. (laughs) (laughs) But even asking that question, I I was able to learn that, oh, you know what a train is. Okay, so we don't need to talk about the birds and bees. We could get, we could go. We could talk about multiple partners. We could talk about, we'll be having to have these parties. People be kissing. I'll start where I'm comfortable. People be kissing. They're like, mom, do they be kissing? They be doing all kinds of things. That's when I learned that they be digging their hands into a bowl of pills and using um, random. Pill- I don't know. It's got a that name was, for that was it. a pill party. 
a pill party. I didn't know that. So again, just starting where I I was like, tell me what's happening in your world. Super random. Yeah. I was actually having a conversation with my mother about that the other day. About the pill parties? About yeah, kids my, stealing my mother was pills? talking about I mean, stealing that their they pills. Used to, but they used to do that back in the day, apparently in the 60s too. Oh, so these kids just yeah, brought the so whole thing back. <laughs> they just got more pills now than they used to. And and right. more access to Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But I was this is this was not my my world. So by asking my daughter to invite me into your world, I learned one, what's out there. And two, I also learned she's not into that, but she's aware of it. And she also knows how to like navigate these things. And so mm-hmm. here I would be sitting down with like a book, like, do you know that the clitoris is, and she over here talking about homie hopping trains and pill parties, like. Cause then your kids will also think that they're way beyond you. And they'll and, shut you and, down. And they'll shut you down. Cause they'll be like, you, you talking about some old shit or my parents have not progressed to the level right. I've progressed. And they right, like, right. on their shoulder thinking they know more than That you. they can't learn. And yeah. so, right. you know, because of the openness of that conversation, it helped me like develop like, okay, we can talk about lots of, about, well, the homie hopper thing. I was like, well, does, you know, does this person like just want to have like a lot of sex? Is there something fun about screwing like other people who know each other? Do all the boys know? Like we started talking about something that was, much more useful in terms of relating to each other, you know, how kids relate to each other and use sex um, and that type of thing versus like how to put on a condom. She been knew how to do that. Oh, yeah. Lord, if, if Brooklyn told me that she already know how to put on a condom, I I don't know. I don't know. And and then you would celebrate. You would be like, okay, like that's, that's a very important skill to have. I would say that out loud, and my eyes would say that out loud. In my mind, my mind would be screaming like, "Dear God, why?" Yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, and I, I've learned to condition myself with that. I'm like, oh, okay, okay, okay. And then you know, if, if, if it's FaceTime, <laughs> yeah, it get real high. <laughs> as some, as somebody who was born in 1980, what, what, yeah. what year were your parents born? If, if you don't mind me asking. Uh, my mom was born in '54, and my dad was born in '56. Okay. All right. So my mother was born in, in 42 and we're, we're about the same year younger than me. So yeah. I think about things that I learned in the eighties and nineties mm-hmm. that when I sit and have conversations with my mother now, she's like, Oh my God. Like she feels, she feels bad, you know, yeah. and, and not, and, and this isn't even in regards to sex. This is just involving in things I learned in the street or, yeah. or things that I was doing. And then like, we've had conversations as an adult and she's just like, you know what I'm saying? And I think we now are adults mm-hmm. and we like to think of our children as uh, like, what's, what's the word I'm thinking of? Like, you know, like they're perfect. Like they're, yeah. they're innocent. Mm-hmm. Angels, like, we yeah, still hold angels, on to that, yeah. to that innocence of when they, used to fall asleep on our chest and all that good stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like we hold on to that. But if we put ourselves in our own shoes at that age, mm-hmm. think about the shit you was getting into mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or, or even, or even, <laughs> even more getting into it, the things that you knew, the things that you were about. around, the things yeah. that the people you knew were around, whether it be outside in the street or people in the school. Yeah. No, that's real. Mm-hmm. That's real. So, I mean, I think, you know, I, just to sort of like 
um, tie that up. The conversation that you're having with Brooke is not really going to be a top down as much as it's going to be an eye to eye. And so where it's like, I invite me in. I want to know how you feel. And it's okay. You know, if we can share with our kids that we're willing to learn from them um, and like that we don't know everything that they're experiencing at their age, then there's reason for them to come and talk to us. But if we know everything and we're wrong, then right. it's like, why Why am I talking to you? I'm, I'm not invested that time in, in the talking to you because right. you, you think you know all the answers and they're all wrong and, mm-hmm. and you're not going to listen to me. Right. And we don't, we don't know this particular unique child in this day and age. I'm going to just right. one other and, um, and then switch to, to King. Our, one of our daughters, like one of the questions that, um, again, remember multiple conversations over a period of time. Another time we sitting around and I'm like, what's everyone's pronouns? Ask the whole family. What's, what's everyone's pronouns? And, you know, we all shared. And one of our daughters was like, I'm a toaster. And we were like, okay. What does that mean? She's just like, I'm a toaster. So for us, that told us she is not identifying the way that we probably expected her to answer. Um, she was probably testing to see what our reaction to that was going to be. And, um, and also she was sharing like maybe to a certain extent, it wasn't our business, right? If, um, her pronouns had shifted. So in that, instead of us like going like, no, are you, she, her, they, he, you know, we were just like, okay. All right. And then, you know, we joke about everything in our family. So we'll be like, um, you know, can you get the little girl in the toaster in the car? And, you know, it just sort of like, let her know. I, I was seen, I was heard, I was not pressured. And, and then we asked that question, like every, I don't know, what, once a year. Years. Yeah. Once a year. Um, how are you identifying? Oh, I need to write this on a piece of paper. They want to know your pronouns. And over time, like she's hers are now she, they, um, and so, you know, it was, again, it's an invitation into her world. So then I can ask questions about like, oh, you identify as they, like what, what, what else does that mean to you? So that way I can better understand you. Um, and that's something like growing up, we didn't have that. You was however people thought you looked. period. Exactly. Exactly. Like, you know, and don't even, and don't try to um, challenge them on your own personal identification. Right. And people hold on. And that's another example of people holding on to, oh, there wasn't all these pronouns. I mean, yes, there were. There were pronouns then. <laughs> and now you get My pronoun is American. Like, that's not, not a pronoun. pronoun. No. That's what that is. That's what that is. No, that's, that's, a, that's a really a good point. And, and I, I, I'm going to make a mental note um, to actually start asking Brooklyn what her pronouns are. Because I assumed that, you know, because we had an open relationship, she would tell me about it. But that's not, she might not necessarily, it might slip her mind or it might not be something that's part of the conversation. So I want to make a make it a point to sit there and do it. I'm always trying to coach my friends about pronouns. <laughs> and cause I, cause, because I, I, I know, I know I might struggle with it based upon, you know, how, how we grew up. And mm-hmm. so I want to make sure to be active and, and, and be present in that moment to, to know about it. So, yeah. so King, help me out here. So Noah is 11. Okay. Now, Noah is not as um, mature as Brooklyn. Noah like, like video games. He's always on his phone. He's want to he play all the time, everything. But I know it's good to start out early, even though I, I, I kind of don't want to wait to sleep in Giant, especially because he already got that charisma, as we talked about earlier. How do you stop? How do you come in and start talking to to to, to a young to a young king? I'm, I'm getting it from a king about about how to 
you know, about sex and I mean, it's in, 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 in a sex positive way. Um, whenever, whenever someone asks that question, I always think of, uh, my godson and my godson, my, my godson's parents were like, we need you to have a conversation with him. We know he likes girls. And so like me, my brother, rest of the day, rest of the day and all that, have sat down and had this conversation with him. This is maybe 15, uh, might even be like 20 years ago almost, right? And we step in like super nervous for some reason. Like, are you having sex? You know what I'm saying? Like just stepping to him. And he's kind of like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? And then like two years later, he had his first kid. It was too late. You know what I'm saying? So like waiting and he's a, he's a great father. He loves his babies and all that. You know what I'm saying? But we stepped to him like we was going to bully him to not have sex. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's like if we, if, and, and and I think this is also important for everybody out there listening. Like, I haven't always been good at this. You know what I'm saying? I'm still learning. I'm not. I'm not saying I'm the the best parent in the world or the best dad or whatever. You know. So like with with our with our son, always it's like a constant conversation. There's no birds and the bees talk. You know what I'm saying? Like, birds don't fuck bees. So you just have to have a conversation that's constant. And to me, the most important one, especially with little boys, is boys don't usually have the talk about cleanliness. You know, when right. girl, when girls get to that age that they start having a cycle or before they start having a cycle, I mean, shit, even before that, women have the conversation with, with girls of how to clean so that they don't get sick. Boys, we, boys and men, we don't have that conversation. So it's it's like that's a good place to start, because if he's eleven, he already he already getting the musky arms and shit. You know what I'm saying? He already yeah, yeah, he yeah, yeah. sweating even if he's sweating playing the video games. <laughs> so that's that's a good place to start. You know, just like how to take care of yourself, how to clean your body, how to groom, because maybe he's starting to get you know the the little whiskers on the side or something like that. Peach fuzz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're starting to to get hair in different places. How how does that make you feel? Is it, is it itchy? Is it, you know what I'm saying? You smelling different. How does that make you feel? And that kind of leads to those other questions that are the harder conversations. But if you've already have like a framework that it's comfortable for him to say something like, Hey, Hey dad, you know, I got, I got hair down there what's going on if you've never had that conversation having a conversation about being attracted and having an erection is going to be way harder to have because you've never even spoken about that part of the body um i will also say uh and i think jazz made a really um uh prolific point is relationships like going back to that other conversation we had about um how how men have the conversation around toxic behavior, mm-hmm. you know, because that's where some of the kids start getting that toxic behavior is in that young age where it's like, nah, don't go slap that girl on her ass. What's wrong with you, man? That's wild and disrespectful. Don't pull her hair in the class. She ain't say you could touch her like that. You know, keep your hands to yourself. You don't want nobody touching you like that. You know what I'm saying? So like having those kind of conversations as well, why do... Why do we not put our hands on other people? 
Where are you comfortable with people touching you or not touching you? Where do you not want to be touched? We don't have those conversations with boys. You know, a lot of times, um, and this, this also makes me think about the conversation we have, like a lot of men, because we project what we perceive to be super masculine manhood, mm-hmm. alpha male type shit onto kids, you know, these little boys will be in bad situations and it'll be like, oh, that woman, oh, but she's a woman, so he good. You know what I'm saying? Or we'll sexualize women to our sons and then wonder why our sons grow up to be douchebags. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, if you can't refer to a woman without referring to her body parts, your son's going to grow up to be just the same way. If you can't um, express to him how to control those feelings and, oh, you're interested in her, you're attracted to her or him, this is a way that you can let them know that in a in a positive way. Because also you're thinking these are kids. So that other kid might not be in the same place yeah. as your kid with being comfortable talking about that. Or yeah. if a kid is coming at your kid, at your son. Like I remember I had this this in what was it? This was like middle school. This girl, she used to kick the shit out of my shins. We had desks across from one another. And I'm just like, yo, she be kicking the shit out of me every day. And I said something to my mother and somebody, and it was like, oh, she likes you. I was like, well, I don't think she likes me if she kicking me. <laughs> right. And, but it's like, maybe you, you need to have a conversation with, with that. My mother was like, maybe you need to have a conversation with her to say, like, if you would like to talk to me, talk to me. Don't kick me in the leg. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's kind of like having all those kind of conversations. It seems like a lot. So it's kind of like sit down. If he rocking the video games, I'll rock with you on the video game or sit down and talk to you while he's playing because he'll stay comfortable. You know, if you're just right. like, cut that shit off, look me in the eye right now, he's going to be <laughs> so uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, right, right. like the same way you would sit there and shoot the breeze with him about whatever y'all talk about now. It's like having those same kind of conversations in a, in a comfortable way. Like how you say, like man to man kind of conversations. Yeah. Yeah, because he, he can talk to me at McDonald's about being a, a, a YouTuber and also working at McDonald's on the, I mean, working at, at Walmart on the side, which I was like, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, you know, just dash your dreams because my, my mama dashed my dreams because I wanted to be a ninja when I, when I, when I wanted to grow up. And then she, she shit it on that. She was like, how you gonna get paid? Like, she didn't put me no, you know, karate or nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was, yeah. Ninjas got paid as mercenaries back in the day. <laughs> I don't know if you want to do that now, but there was. I mean, no, now, but you know, it might have would have taught me some discipline. You know what I mean? Yeah. I might have would have, you know, martial arts. I, I, I struggle with self confidence, so it might have helped me with confidence. Yeah, I, I'm not knocking her. You know what I'm saying? Because you know, that's, that's a tool. Like it's like hindsight being 2020. Looking mm-hmm. at it, so just even having those conversations with her, conversation with Noah now, I'm like, I know you're gonna be comfortable. And to your point, I know you're gonna be comfortable playing video games and let me talk to you. Then I know you're gonna be comfortable. When it's me and you one on one eating at McDonald's, cool. We in your we in your element on what you're doing, and now we can sit and kind of just have conversations, and I can get get a sense of where your mindset is. So it makes a lot of sense. Jared, I would like to um just add a um add something to our conversation for both um with any of our children. You know, our kids have like access to social media. They have they can listen to their own music now, right? Like when we were growing up, right. we had to listen to what our parents were listening to until we right. were able to get our own little player or whatever. Um, I love to use music as a way, like, oh, what's your favorite song right now? 
you know, and I remember like my oldest daughter, it was like always some like melodramatic, emotional, like <laughs> it still is to this day. Like, oh my gosh. Yes. Like she was in con- like constantly listening to breakup songs. And I'm like, who do you feel this way about? Right. Mm-hmm. And so like, right. even if she would like get stuck for a second, that would like, let me know like, ah, okay, there is somebody that she's thinking about. And she was like, Oh, I don't know. You know, and I'm like, um, do you like, do you think like that's how love like should feel? You know, like, and we would, but we kind of depersonalize it a little bit because now I'm not asking like who you talk to, how you feel about it's like using that song. It's a form of narrative therapy. You can look that up as tools. Um, and then with, um, with our other, um, well, with any any kid, we could ask them, like, um, I know it was this, that WAP song that came out. And at first it came out, I was like, oh, like, you know, this is like Cardi B, Megan, you know. And then I'm like, wait a minute now, hold on. What are they talking about? And my girls are like, WAP, you know. And I'm like, well, what about for people that got dry ass pussy? And they were just like, mom, you know. And like, like, they're not even talking about lube or anything, you know. And I'm like being silly, but I'm using... Something that we, you know, all think is cool. We all like the song, but it's a chance to talk about sex in a different way because, like, you know, this like glorification of women always being like wet and and all this stuff. Like, okay, well, yeah, that's cool. But as you get older, like, you there are some other things that you might need to consider. And like for them, it was like an embarrassing moment, but it was like me introducing the idea that, like, you know. There's some other presentations of pussy out there, and they deserve some respect too. Put <laughs> some respect on that dress. <laughs> no, on it. I think I was so scared when it came out. I was really scared when it came out because you know I knew I knew Brooklyn was was a was a Meg fan. So when it came out, it's like so it's a song called WAP coming out on Friday. You don't want to talk about it, like so yeah. I was I mean, terrified, when, but she she was when I was 14 and you was 15. I was 95. I think about the Dog Pound album that dropped that year and Bomb Ass Pussy came out. She got my shit. All my shit. Right? Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think in that way, our generation is equipped to talk about the songs that are coming out now for kids Mm -hmm. through music. But Mm -hmm. also, like, when I listen to, so my mother listened to everything. But when I think about her generation's music that we were forced to listen to before I had my own shit, you know what I'm saying? Like, love songs had the word love in it, yeah. right? Right. A lot of songs from from our generation that were relationship songs was F bitch this, fuck that, da 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 da. It was mm-hmm. on some whole other shit. Now there's a little bit more, it's kind of branched out a little bit more, but then I see a lot of people talking like, oh, that shit's soft. Like, come on, man. Like, <laughs> somebody's allowed right. to be in love every now and again. But right, I, right, I do right. think that there's um, music, music plays a part in bringing families together. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and that kind of understanding, like, we share now, like, me and the kids will send new songs to one another. So I'll be like, oh, well, why you rock with this one? Yeah. What lyrics stood out to you on this one? You know what I'm saying? Especially as a writer, then you could be like, oh, well, you know, that could have a double meaning right there. Mm-hmm. That could mean this and this. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. how do you interpret it? Because then it also lets you know how, how, your, how your kid's creative mind works as well, too. Mm-hmm. We had the same conversation around Thanksgiving, talking about like double entendres and everything. And I, 
I love that you brought up uh, that, that dog pound album, Dog Food, because I'm, I'm going to go back and listen to it because <laughs> uh, you got me hyped. But um, I remember I remember her being here for the summer and I, was, and, I and she was trying to talk to me about stuff that she listened to. And I'm like, well, here was a here was an album that I had no business listening to around your age, and I pulled out I put out uh, Snoop Dogg's Doggy Style, and, I, and we would track my track, and I was just like, "Yo, this is my shit!" <laughs> like so, but it's it's like using music in order to open that that door, and and, I, and that's what that's what's great about me in Brooklyn because we'll we'll talk about you know some stuff I, I'm, I'm still trying to wrap, wrap my mind around, but you know we we both love J Cole. So you know we'll 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 gravitate towards that. So it, I love I love in both of y'all scenarios y'all y'all use whatever that kid is comfortable comfortable with with doing, and then you know you don't like Jeff like you said don't make it about the fourteen year old or the eleven year old. Make it about Noah. Make it about Brooklyn. You yep. you know your kids. So come to them on their plane in order to sit there and talk to them, and then and then you can kind of ease into it. You don't have to be something formal where you got to cut it off. And then make it a make it where you're nervous about presenting, and they're nervous about listening, mm-hmm. and then nobody's really listening because it's, it's a bunch of fucking nerds. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Look, I could talk to y'all forever. I know y'all are busy, but I like I I've literally thought about like three more conversations and like two more podcast episodes. That I can talk oh, to y'all. About. So we don't we yeah. don't have to be back on and build some more. So glad that you said that. I was going to just slide to your ideas at some point in time and, and just do it because I got some ideas for parents after midnight, which is coming back. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so, but before we get out of here, I like to I like to just come my guests. You know, it's about damn time. You know, and then you say something what it's about damn time for. And since we're talking to parents and we're trying to get them to talk about to be more more sex positive. Um, each one of y'all can y'all can I take it. What is it about damn time for parents to start doing in order to be more sex positive? It's about damn time that you do some for you. Mm. And it will benefit everybody else as well. Mm. Okay. I like that. I like that. <laughs> um, it's about damn time y'all start letting these kids see you have positive, healthy affection so that they can model that in their relationships. Love, love, love yourself. Yeah, love yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that because yeah, a, a lot of times they, all they see is that negative shit. They see us, see us drinking and, and cussing, talk about that nigga ain't shit. Like you know, but we they may not necessarily oh, yeah. see like the yeah, the good. About, you know. Oh, I really enjoyed my date tonight. You know, right? Or um, or this is it, something I love about your mother or your yeah. father, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Because right. then the kids will know to look for those same qualities in somebody else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, it's official. I absolutely love y'all. I mean, I'm just gonna put it out there. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Look at you modeling really, like your behavior. yes but but tell everybody what because y'all are doing a lot like i told you i I had to cut your intro short because y'all doing so much shit that i follow on all social media platforms so let everybody know where they can find you and where they can also follow and know what's going on with everything that y'all have going on i am on all the things jet set jasmine and jetsettingjasmine.com for a lot of the events and um excursions and experiences that we have going on the real wait yeah the real king noir on instagram at king noir on twitter 
and I'm probably shadow banned. So yeah, search for me, but I'm there somewhere. And definitely go to royalfetishxxx.com for parent time. Your 18 and up time. And enjoy yourself and maybe get some new ideas of things you want to experience in a, in a positive way. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because I, I have frequent that site, um, you know, before. And uh, like, like I said, I, I, I remember the scene with uh, with Leah Michelle because I, I made sure to go ahead and purchase that. Shout, shout out to Leah Michelle. Yes. Um, so yeah. I, I, I remember I remember that, you know, because we prepped on that for parents at the midnight. And, you know, y'all know me, I'm a researcher. So I made sure to download that scene and, you know, watched it, you know, frequently. Can you did your thing? And I watched it frequently on over, over and over again just to make sure you knew what uh, that, it was, about. that it was copacetic, and, you know, for the interview, you know, for research <laughs> purposes. I might do that after we, we wrap up here. We, we would love honestly. that. that, that, <laughs> yeah. that. I really appreciate y'all. No, I, no seriously. Like, I... I now now y'all know the the love that I have for y'all because I'm saying it to y'all now, but it's been secret for this long. So I really, really and truly appreciate everything that y'all do, and uh, I'm gonna continue to follow y'all and harass y'all and ask y'all to be on my podcast, you know, more and more now. Now that we're you ain't gotta harass us for that. Yeah, we call us and we gonna set it up. Thank you for joining me this week on this about damn time. Hey, if you like what you heard, follow this podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and IG, and join the conversation on this week's episode. Link to all my socials in the show notes. You can also show love by simply giving me a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And of course, for more blogs, pods, and other digital content, go to thewholedamnshow.com. Until next time, I'll see you next week.